Hello and welcome to today's VJ Hemonk podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematological oncology. In today's podcast, you will hear from MPN experts Andrew Kirkendall and Angela Fleischmann as they discuss disease progression in myeloproliferative neoplasms. The experts comment on the importance of better understanding disease progression and the value of early intervention, as well as potential future targets. Hi, I'm Andrew Kirkendall from, from Moffitt Cancer Center. Uh, I'm here with Dr. Angela Fleischman from, from UC Irvine. Um, you know, today I, uh, one of the talks I did was talking about uh, disease progression and, and, and what that means within the setting of myeloproliferative neoplasms. This is something that we talk about a lot, not so much definitions, but, but how to impede disease progression. And I think it's clearly something that's aspirational for us to do clinically. Um, but to do that, we have to understand disease progression kind of on, on the more basic science level uh, and, and at different aspects of the disease. I think certainly we think about progression talking about from maybe myelofibrosis to acute leukemia or from ET or PV to myelofibrosis, but we probably should be talking about this earlier. And I, I know Dr. Dr. Fleischman has, has looked at, at potential ways that we can impact uh, disease initiation and progression. And I don't know, what are your thoughts? What's the best way to go about doing this? And is, is there an optimal time? Is, is early in the disease really a better time to, to, to try to target this? I think that early in the disease, uh, it, or potentially even at the CHIP phase, would be the most ideal time to intervene um, with approaches that could potentially change the natural history of the disease. Um, in terms of approaches, I honestly don't know what's best, but one thing uh, that we are investigating is utilizing uh, dietary interventions, in particular a Mediterranean diet, um, with the hypothesis that uh, through diet, in particular a Mediterranean diet, one can lower inflammatory cytokines um, and persistently reducing inflammatory cytokines could potentially um, blunt disease progression. Um, obviously, we're still doing clinical trials and really don't have discrete uh, outcomes yet, um, but I think that this is really a, an important field to, to further investigate. Um, now, uh, as uh, came up as a, a very important question in the uh, question and answer session, um, it was asked, what, uh, what sort of outcome should we be looking for and how to design uh, studies uh, to address uh, you know, long-term outcomes in terms of uh, progression? Um, and we, we don't have great answers to that. One answer was trying to identify uh, biological surrogates of progression or lack of progression um, that could be utilized in short-term clinical trials to inform our, our long-term outcomes. But I guess, what are your thoughts on utilizing, I guess, dynamic, um, you know, longitudinal um, evaluation of, say, NGS sequencing as, uh, as part of a, a a therapeutic or, or sort of monitoring approach uh, for predicting uh, progression and outcomes. Yeah, I mean, I think when you think about <clears throat> what kind of goes along with progression, and, and certainly, obviously, if you change from ET to PV or PV to myelofibrosis, that's clear progression, right? We know that is is, is a progressive event. But I think there's other these kind of like micro forms of progression, right? Allele fraction increases, you know, addi additional mutations, additional genetic insults. We know those often correlate with progression. Even at the pathologic stage, if you start to see more hypercellularity, more atypia, probably things that are difficult maybe to quantify but maybe can be seen. 
you know, I think those things need to be involved in any of these trials. Like, obviously, we need more in early interventional trials. And, and maybe the endpoints don't need to be clearly, clearly defined, because I think it takes doing multiple trials with a lot of translational work, a lot of correlatives, to really identify these endpoints. And they should be incorporated in all of our trials. I think any ET or PV trial needs to start looking you know, at, at how these interventions change what the bone marrow environment looks like, changes what the allele frequencies look like over time. And I think, I think that'll be important. I think certainly the idea of, of impacting the disease early is, is idealistic from a, from a certain aspect, right? This is the time where the disease is maybe most modifiable, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, there's concerns there with, with toxicity, right? You're not really willing to accept much toxicity early on. You talked about dietary or exercise or, or lifestyle interventions, which obviously have low toxicity, right? I mean, lifestyle interventions would be good for most people, regardless of whether or not they have a pre-malignant state. Um, but at the same time, I think when we think about potentially modifying you know, various targets, I think, are, are there any targets that you've looked at in your work that you think are, are particularly interesting early in the disease state, right? So are there, I, we can always think about different, different drugs or different things like that, but as far as targets, what would you think we should be looking at? That's a great Great uh, question. Uh, based on my personal interest and my, my lab's focus, we've been focusing on inflammation. Um, we've been focusing on um, TNF production by monocytes. Um, you know, we're mostly evaluating differences between MPN patients and normal controls and focusing on whether derangements in uh, uh, monocyte uh, production of TNF may be a predisposing factor to acquire MPN. I haven't really thought of, but this is a, thank you for bringing this up, haven't really thought of um, utilizing um, longitudinal evaluation of an MPN patient's uh, monocyte, uh, I guess you could say activity, and the response to treatment, and whether that uh, correlates with progression or stability, but that's the best answer I can, yeah, that's I the mean, best answer I can give. Exactly. I, I don't think there's a, a good answer here. No, and I think that these are the kind of the questions that we need to think about, and, and the ideas we need to have is what do we follow over time to kind of know that we're hitting the target, right? So we have to, first of all, we have to show that the target matters, and then if we can modify it, maybe that has clinical relevance. So, you know, interesting stuff, and I think hopefully we'll continue to, to, to have, you know, ideas that, that allow us to intervene early and, and really change the natural history of this disease. I agree. I think bottom line is our approach to uh, treating myeloproliferative neoplasms and monitoring myeloproliferative neoplasms is changing, and what we previously identified as our key targets for you know, endpoints um, may be coming outdated and we may need to identify uh, better, better um, markers and better outcomes or better endpoints that really address um, uh, long-term long outcomes and, and disease progression. Definitely agree. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk Podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time.